Hey, welcome to the official instant reaction to today's joint practice between the Niners and Vikings. I'm Grant Cohn. That's David Lichty. He was he's he writes for all 49ers, uh, acclaimed writer, and he was at today's practice. He lives out here in the Midwest. He drove over here and he saw everything. He actually got a better view than me. You were up in the stands. I was on the sideline. So yeah. we saw different things. We will cross-reference our observations. David, good to see you. How are you? Good to see you, brother, baby. It's it's good to be back. Um, been out all summer. Back in Minnesota, worked out perfectly to come through here. So this is an awesome opportunity. Had a fun day today. Can't wait to talk about it. Uh, first impression, real quick, before we get into the specifics of the day. Wow, what a facility. I guess mm -hmm. land is pretty cheap out here, and they went to town. It's honestly, the Vikings practice facility is nicer than Levi City. I'm sorry, but I had to be said. It, it does, and I'm not trying to rag too much, but as a guy that you've been to the training camp forever, I've been going to training camp in Santa Clara for a while. It's a great fan experience. Families come out. They've got like concessions, apparel. They've got bean bags. They've got mini golf. They got, and even just the facility themselves is just. Right. Yeah, I think Jed should take a page out of Ziggy Wells' book, if he can. They have okay. So there's an indoor facility, an outdoor facility with a jumbotron, just yeah. in case, and they have four four practice fields. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's and they honestly they ran a tight ship. They got the staff that were really nice. I mean, they got. Everything's from parking. They've got people staffed. It's it's slick. It was it was, it's a good run. And like I said, man, in Minnesota they've had the Polads and the Wilfs. They got some wealthy owners here, so yeah, they spend money well, with all these resources. You think they might win something eventually? All right, that's enough. You might, you might think that, yeah. So look, this was I, I've been watching Trey Lance all off season. After a while, it's like he's. It's almost like uh, it's it's hard to judge progress because it's like trying to judge the growth of your brother or something. So I see you every day. But this was your first day seeing him in person this offseason. I'd love to hear your take on how he did. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think the big thing that I saw was I would even go on the, the things that I nitpicked. There were a couple of times where I thought he might have held the ball a little bit too long. He had a fumbled snap that was all intents and purposes seemed like it was on him. But more often than not, things that we saw on Friday, I think carried through through camp here. He steps up in the pocket. Um, I remember I people have mentioned this a couple of times. He, he's keeping two hands on the ball. He dipping his shoulder to evade pressure. He steps up his functional mobility. He's getting outside the pocket, making a play, setting his feet, not looking to run right away. In fact, I don't think today at all, there was a play where Trey scram that was, was, yeah. uh, was looking to scramble. And yeah. almost every single time he's putting his, the, his team in a position to make something out of nothing on those plays. Now, that being said, so, that and then you know you, everybody kind of talked about the 65 yard that the long pass to Danny Gray mm -hmm. uh, down the sideline, but there were other uh, big gainers. Um, you know that flip side of that is he was under pressure more than we would have liked. Yeah, if if you game, want, he would have been taken. Yeah. so yeah, he would have, he would have. But what was nice about it is like okay, so he he was under pressure a lot. A lot of times when a quarterback's under pressure, they start making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. He didn't have any throws that were like almost picked or. No. You know, he didn't do that. He was he was a game manager. He protected the football, but he also made big plays. I mean, they were doing a lot of move the ball stuff. And at the end, they had a, a 90 second drill where you had to go the length of the field down one with a 90 seconds in a timeout. He had fourth and 10 with like the game on the line, scrambled to his right, had a 30 yard completion to Debo. Like, that's something we didn't we haven't seen in a long time on this team. And I'm glad you brought that up because all I heard last training camp was Trey was doing great, but in move the ball situations, <laughs> in situational football, okay, right. 
And I, I saw a couple people today kind of said, oh, yeah, but in a regular game, they would have punted it. It's immaterial. Uh, yeah. And I felt like in these practices, these coaches do both to get together. They're talking about O'Connell and Shannon. Both are saying, hey, these are the kind of things we're wanting to see a little bit. It's not like there's like tons of secrets as they go through just in these camp in these situations. And and I thought Trey did on that fourth and ten. He made a play when he had to. And I think you alluded to this. He had a tweet out. That is the difference. You know, this yeah. isn't like Jimmy slander, but that is the right. difference between the Niners offense going forward post Jimmy and, and, and in previous iterations. I, I think why um, some people chart the difference between move the ball periods and, and scripted uh, it's that's fair. I think what yeah. the idea is, you don't know what they're trying, what the coaches are trying to accomplish when they're scripting things. They're not necessarily trying to gain the most yards on that play. They might be trying to evaluate a given wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in the move the ball period, theoretically, you're trying to move the ball as right. best as you can. So that's a whole different exercise. And from what I've understood, like his completion percentage this year in the scripted portions is low. In the move the ball portions, it's very high. Yes. And that's what we saw in the preseason. And I think that's what we what we saw today. Yeah. And I think some people have talked about it, whether it's whether or not he's more comfortable when I, I've said in rhythm, when it's getting up to the line of scrimmage and going or whether or not that's just because the defense doesn't have enough time um, to sit there and get set. Regardless, I think we have seen Trey really feel comfortable. And I think that's the other thing that I keep seeing. That was what you said. The number one thing on my notes was no turnover worthy plays. Mm -hmm. Not every pass and placement was perfect. And I don't expect that from anybody, but there were no turnover worthy plays and he never looks panicky. His feet work, uh, I, his footwork, excuse me, uh, I think is vastly improved. I think that he, he you never see him uh, looking like he's, you know, uh, the fish out of water in those situations where he's looking to Kyle for another, for a, for a bailout. He's got it. He's controlled. He's calm. And uh, I was impressed by that today. I love how he steps up in the pocket. Mm -hmm. A lot of mobile quarterbacks like to back out, but he steps up. And I think the quarterbacks that back out, it's, it's a bad habit from college. And those are the guys that get sacked a lot, even though they're quick yeah. and fast and shouldn't be getting sacked. Lance steps up. And it's like, if if you have like an all out, you better be careful rushing, uh, rushing Trey Lance. If you have just four, you know, pass rushers with no regard for like their rush lanes and they just go after him. Mm -hmm. I mean, there'll be step, there'll be scramble lanes up the middle all day and he'll tail kill you. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how defenses figure out what they can and can't do against this guy. Well, and I think that's the thing is that what you've seen is that he can kill you on the run, but more often than not, we've seen him gather himself, reset his feet, and then he's looking to go downfield. And that's when the defenses are really screwed. And I think that's where Kyle, back before they drafted Trey, was talking about making defenses play 11 on 11. Now we're really seeing that come to fruition. And I think even if it's not at imperfection on every play, the possibilities are really going to keep defenses honest. And I, I think they're going to be very dangerous when, when it all gets kind of gelling together. And I, I feel like that mentality from a quarterback, an athletic quarterback is rare. The guy who yeah. breaks the pocket, approaches the line of scrimmage, and slows down. And mm -hmm. wants to throw like how many super athletic quarterbacks do that in the NFL right now? Like four or five. And they're the best. No. And, and I think, I think, you know, and, and the, the two, you know, I listen to a guy that I think a lot of people respect. Uh, JT O'Sullivan was talking about the exact same thing is that this guy does not seem like that this, for the longest time, everybody was talking about him as a project. Right. And any 22 year old is going to, you're evolving in your trajectory to where you want to be. Yeah. But Trey doesn't come off in his personality, his demeanor, and the way that he absorbs information from coaches as that project right. style of player. Like, I, and, and I think that he is more mature uh, 
you know, between the ears and on the field right now than I think a lot of people expected him to be. And yeah. it's, it's encouraging. I, I'm just sort of getting to know his past. I, I don't know why I didn't dig into it deeper, but uh, it's my first time in Minnesota. <laughs> and I'm learning he's sort of like he's, he's a lot like Kaepernick's story. Kaepernick's from Turlock, small town in the Central Valley. Lance is from a town called Marshall, which is like a sixth of the size of Turlock. It's three hours out of here. It's closer to like South Dakota. He's from the middle of nowhere. It's farm country. Yeah, he wanted to go to Minnesota, which frankly, he probably would have been the greatest quarterback in the history of the University of Minnesota. And they were like, we think you're you're a freaking safety. So this guy has had to really like overcome doubters since he was young. And then he goes to North Dakota State, sits for a year like he did here, just so he can – you know, get his feet underneath him and then has this remarkable. I'm not saying he's going to do that with the Niners, but that's been his history. Give him one year and he has a mastery of what he's trying to do. And I'm glad you brought that up, Grant. Actually, I was on the phone with the Marshall High School activities director yesterday. I'm lining up a interview with his high school football coach um, and who's, you know, I'm a Minnesota public school teacher. So <laughs> easy for me to kind of pick up the phone and we can, you know, mm-hmm. but the uh, it, it's, it is that like I, my old high school or college roommate was from Marshall. I went down there to his wedding years ago. I mean, it's, it's in the sticks, but it, and that's where I think it's, it's a little bit different than being in the central Valley to a degree, right. but like, yeah, he's, he's always been a guy that's PJ flecked out at him. Wouldn't give him a quarterback offer. And he has that stubborn confidence to say, you know what? I could have gone to D one. Yep. I'm not, I trust in myself. I'm confident in myself. And I know for a fact, talking with some other guys, behind the scenes that he believes very much in what he's going to do this year. Um, and uh, so he, he's not worried. Uh, he should be confident. He, he strikes me as confident. And again, what you see in these move the ball periods is that while he's very gifted and can make extremely difficult throws, there are so many easy throws that Kyle can scheme up for him. Like he did mm-hmm. for Jimmy. Saw it today. There's, I mean, how many screens every game is Trey going to throw to Debo? A few. I mean, there's going to be like five or six just gimme completions. His yeah. completion percentage is going to be not an issue, I don't yeah. think. And Maybe I'm the not, accuracy will be, but the completion percentage won't be. And, and I'm not so much, yeah, like the completion percentage stuff to me, yeah. that, that'll, that's going to ebb and flow, like you said, based on what the, 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 the degree of difficulty of passes yeah. that Kyle's dialing up. But like you said, if Kyle really wants to go safe, which I don't think he necessarily has to do, uh, they can go safe and be consistent. And I think that's what we saw. What it was encouraging. It seems like every time Trey gets on those naked bootleg situations, he's he doesn't waste any movement and he gets free so quickly from the, I mean, he's out of the pocket so quickly. It's effortless. He's moved, he's catch, he's throw, he's not thinking and you shouldn't, but like that is the kind of stuff that I, I felt like had been rumored that he wasn't good at. Right. <laughs> and I think he's shown to be proficient at. The way I look at this team is like, it just seems like anytime the Niners under Kyle on a really big game, he loses confidence in his quarterback and is like, I'm going to win in spite of you. Mm-hmm. And he can a lot of the time. If you're in that mode and that's your identity, I mean, Trey helps more than Jimmy does. Like once you have lost confidence in the guy passing the ball, well, Trey helps the run game. I mean, Trey gives you more. I mean, Kyle's confidence in Trey's arm may ebb and flow, just like Trey's confidence in his arm ebbs and flow, at least early on. But once you go to that, Let's win in spite of our quarterback mode. This is a better quarterback for that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And that's why I thought that the fourth and ten today. Let's just say, okay, they would let's make just call the third and ten. Those sure. are the kind of things where in 2019, yeah, Jimmy had good third down conversions, but oftentimes those third downs were in those those third and short, third and intermediate. The third and ten, the third and long is something that's always been a little bit of a bugaboo. And so I think like 
those are the kind of things where you're like, all right, um, I'm feeling a lot more confident as somebody watching the 49ers with Trey under center in those, with, in those situations. My feeling with him too, at least a 22 year old Trey, who's very inexperienced. Every throw is a little bit of an adventure. So the check down could be a little high. The easy stuff could be a little bit labored, but then the impossible stuff he makes look uh, easy. Like the, the play on fourth and 10 today was like, yeah. hold on, how many quarterbacks in the world could do that? Like, I haven't seen that in a long time. So he still has a lot of growth to do, but clearly what Kyle's saying is like, he's the kind of uh, earnest hard worker who yes. can't help but improve. And uh, that's why they drafted him. As opposed to the other guy, I forget his name, who didn't call the Niners back ever in the offseason. I mean, it's so funny. that everyone, Why are the Niners getting rid of that other guy? Well, they had a big secret about him. It's sort of leaking out now. <laughs> it's, it's not so, so much about his skill set. It's about his – it's about the work ethic. It's so funny, too, Grant, because, you know, there's some people going back and forth and, and acting like this is all, like, a new development. I mean, I, for years, I, I can't – I'm not going to go out and out the people like these reports have been coming and been simmering for a long time. And, and, and this is the thing, George, guys like George Kittle, guys like the company line guys, it's so good. It's been in PR. Like everything is like hunky dory at all times. Right. Like everything. No big deal. It's oh hilarious. yeah. He's a teammate. Yeah. We'd run through a brick wall for him. I'm like, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and yet they, they, they spent three first round picks and a right. third just to get rid of him. Right. And not on Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford on a 21 year old from Marshall, Minnesota. Who's and we're okay. turning the page. So today we, we just focused a lot on Trey Lance and how well he looked. 11 to 16, he did look really good. That being said, the story of today was not necessarily how dominant the Niners offense was. He got sacked a lot yeah. four times. And, and this offensive line, I, I got video of them one-on-one, -on -one, but then the PR director from the Vikings said you can't post it. So that's just between me and God. But I have footage of them getting abused and it's not good. So – what did you see from the offensive line, and, and how do they fix this? Well, you know, today, from my perspective, they had them. The, the, the Niners O Vikings need the ones were on that second yes. field. So yeah. as, as, as I think I they're going to flip them tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it became very clear that Colton Akivitz is a guard. A, a, if that's your plan B. Yeah, I don't know if Colton McKibbins is a plan B for any of the other NFL teams in the league. And I and I think that's a really dangerous spot to be in. McGlinchy is going to be out, and we've said, you know, go back and forth. Well, there's a reason they went to Tom Compton before McKibbins last year. Sorry, right. go ahead. No, and, and I think that – and then Justin School, who back in 2019 was doing the swing stuff, and now you're just like, boy, I mean, if we're – Jordan Mills allegedly, like you said, been looking better. But I – then let's go because – if they have to roll out week one, I don't care if it's the Bears. I don't care if it's the Chiefs. I don't care. If you have to put McKivitz or school at right tackle, Trey Lance is a tough dude, and he's really good at evading pressure, but he's going to get hit. And it's yeah. only going to be a matter of time before we're going, we're looking at Nate Sudfeld. He got hit Friday night. Yep. On the knees. And as I said, I remember that night, I said, my God, they're playing with fire. Uh, McKivitz got put in a spin cycle. Then all of a sudden, or it might have been school. They went empty formation on first down. I was like, oh, my God, why are you doing this? Yeah, and, and so that is real. Like, today yeah. was – that was a refrain. A common refrain yeah. was, oh, shit, uh, Trey Lance is under pressure. And well, – Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and, and that's – and I'm – I think they 
once Kyle gets into situations where, you know, he gets defenses kind of keying in and maybe guys that are a little bit more undisciplined off the edge, he can manipulate that and exploit that. But that being said, that's still kind of uh, rose colored lenses. I think this is a big issue and I, and, and they're going to need to get it resolved. And I hope McGlinchey can come back, but if not, it's, it's going to be a problem. See, that's what I want to talk about. I think a lot of people would say, well, McGlinchey's coming back. That's, I mean, the right tackle, it's an issue now, but it's not really an issue. Well, all I know about McGlinchey is that he keeps getting hurt. Yeah. And he's getting older, and he was never great to begin with. He was decent, and now he's having setbacks. So um, I don't know. How many games is Michael McGlinchey going to play this year? I don't know. They have to have a better plan than, than Colton McKivitz. Yeah. I'd like to see Jordan Mills just get a look because we've gotten an extended look at Colton McKivitz. Not good enough. Well, and the problem is Jalen Moore is hurt too. They had some hopes with him being a guy that had versatility. One thing that I, the guy that's been getting rave reviews all camp is that rookie right guard Spencer Burford. Say it. And I will tell you this. I've been, guys that I trust and what I've been thinking is, I, I my article, my first one back for a while with you, Grant, on, on a couple of days ago, I said in my five mm-hmm. winners, the thing I said about Burford is, do not be surprised to see him move over to right tackle before right. 2023. Because if McGlinchey is either out now or has some prolonged, uh, you know, events that keep kind of seeing him in and out, I would much rather see a guy like Burford who's who has plenty of experience at OT. Granted, that's not the NFL. Let's get him reps now. Um, we've seen what he can do at guard. You know, you want to get consistency, but if that's gonna what who it's gonna be, I don't know. And it and maybe he gets exposed a little bit. He's young. He's raw in that regard, but. What do you got to lose at this point? That's I, I, I would just pay attention to that. I think it's a good call. I think there's a very real uh, possibility that he's right now the third best offensive tackle on the team. Maybe the oh, second yeah. best. I'm not a big uh, Mike McGlinchey fan. I know you're not. Sorry, Mike. But I, I really like Spencer Burford, and I'm intrigued by Jordan Mills, although he's been cut a few times. He was a starter for, a, for at least six years. Yep. And then, boom, street free agent. And everyone thinks he's washed up. Maybe he is. I don't know what the deal is, but – all I know is I watched the one-on-ones, and he looks good to me. So I'd like to see him in a preseason game with some starters. Give him a chance. Let's go. And he made it past the first round of cuts, so he's doing something right. I Yeah, he's here. He's here. You, I you, don't, have other, you don't have that many other options, and I think that's where it, I'd like to see the Niners get creative. And I don't think Kyle's a guy that plays draft politics. I don't think he's a guy that sits there. I think he can uh, – but, yeah, I, that's – that's what I'm going to be watching these next couple of weeks. And I don't think we're going to get to see enough reps in live games to see that that gets remedied. So what do you, what are you seeing from 71, the young left tackle in the Niners? Think he's got a future in the league? 71. Oh, that guy, he's, I mean, he's, I wouldn't call him a scrub, but yeah, I mean, like he, he, he's serving, he's getting there. And I, and I think, you know, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What about the left guard in the center banks and Brendel 65 and 64. I think Brindle uh, from today, and I wasn't watching this closely, and I, I defer to you on that one. I, for a couple people, they had a couple little rough reps there a little bit, but I think I do think that he'd been winning the job over Brunskill. I know Brunskill's a little yeah. bit dinged up. And Banks has been looking good. I need to focus. I, I know folks a little bit more on Banks. I'm not going to sit here and make something up I didn't see today. Sure. Uh, but, you know, sure. to be fair, I think it's – the other day I would say this. I think it was a better case scenario than I thought yeah. to have Banks and Burford playing well – and Brindle maybe playing a little bit better than I had expected, given his pedigree and the fact that he's been chopped around. But he's still not, you know, again, right tackle and center. You can say what you want. It's Those aren't ideal situations for the 49ers no. to be in with a, with a young quarterback. What I see from Banks in one-on-ones is a guy who can't really anchor. But in 11-on-11s, what I see is pressure coming from the right, not the left. So maybe Banks is better when he has 
it's, you never have to block someone one-on-one. There's always people around you. Maybe he's a guard who needs people around. I don't know. I, I'm a little confused by Banks. I, I need to watch like more of his film and games because I don't know what to make of him. No, and, and I think that's what we're going to see. I mean, I, I'm going to focus on that a lot tomorrow. I, I told him, I was telling a couple of people yeah. I was with today. I said, you know, when they flip fields, that's my my focus tomorrow. It's easy to watch Trey and kind of pay attention to what happens afterwards. Right. But I'm going to be watching down the on, on in the trenches and just kind of taking a look at the uh, what's what's going on at, at right and left guard and um and I and I hopefully they bounce back. Yeah, like when I have a choice, like what one on ones to watch, I always go to the O line D line because I feel like I need to learn about the Niners' offensive line. I mm-hmm. feel like I know about their wide receivers in their corner. Like I know that about them pretty. I mean, sometimes I'm surprised, but every day I'm looking at Banks yeah. and Kinlaw. It's like, have, are you different today? Like, what does it look like? So that's yeah. What I like. And, and, I, and yeah. I feel like it's easier in pass reps. I tell them some people on eleven on elevens. People are like one one position that I find it really hard to evaluate is running back because oh. it just feels like the defensive line of both. T- sometimes they're like they, they know they can't really hit hit yeah. like they can, but they can't. So it's like you almost saw some guys like. Like they're in, in, in a place to make a play and then they almost like up. Yeah. And then the ref's yeah. like, no, you're going to keep this going. And everybody's a little confused. So yeah, pass reps were a little bit easier to see who's, who's winning, who's not. But well, that's the tough thing about covering practices in the NFL. You get a yeah. much better feel for the, the pass game than the run game. And I've been covering Kyle Shanahan and Jim Harbaugh. Like these are run teams. <laughs> so you come out of, sometimes you come out of camp being like, Oh, this offense sucks. And then it's the best run game in the league. You're like, I didn't know. How did I not notice this? <laughs> well, they weren't really running the ball. How long until Jason Poe cracks the starting lineup? I, again, I was watching a little bit closer than you. I, I, maybe he's a one-on-one guy. And in, in, like in actual 11-on-11s, he's confused and can't pick up stunts and blitzes and stuff. But one-on-one, can't move him. I feel like it's just a matter of time before he's like the starting left guard or right guard or center. I don't know if he can snap the ball, but he can block. I'll tell you that. Well, and that's and that's the thing. I think that's really that's what we're going to be watching tomorrow. And we know the starters aren't rolling on Saturday, so uh, this is going to be. And you know, Kyle's a guy that I think a lot of NFL coaches they usually have some plans set that people think there's like competition sometimes, and there really isn't. Right. Like they they've got a good idea, kind of like the Dark Horse Denard cut. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody thought he was the starting slot, and I was like, uh, that was a decision that was made. Even today, Kyle's like, well, just because he was getting the first like string reps, that doesn't really doesn't mean anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it means nothing to Kyle. Right. So it's like. I, you know, they draft you know, Donovan West UDFA, Poe UDFA, Zakel in the sixth, you know, or, and, and then with Burford, it's going to be interesting. And I don't know if there's going to be enough reps to go around. And I, I think that's a, I think Poe's a practice squad guy. Um, poss- yeah, I, I don't think anyone's going to sign Jason Poe based off the reports he's getting in training camp, which is nice for the Niners, but I do think he's got potential. No, and I do too. And I think, yeah. and I think a lot of people are also excited about the fact that he's like this freaky athlete and he's got a great story from a small school. I like offensive linemen who are good athletes. Cause frankly, yeah. the disparity between them and D linemen in today's NFL is outrageous. No, I'm cheering for yeah. the brother. Like I, I, and that's the thing. I am really looking forward to tomorrow's practice. Cause that's where I'm doubling down on my attention. Um, yeah. But yeah, what was evident today is that right tackle is no bueno. I mean, it's just uh it is when what it is. Today, it's impossible to see everything, right? It's really hard. <laughs> you're double tap. You're multitasking. You're like, okay, I'm watching three. Pl- it, yeah, it's. Like so I you said, can watch three t- things poorly or one thing closely. It's hard. And this is know? the cool thing, though, for anybody who's never been to camp. Like, when you ever see all these, it's like, I'm sitting here, like, live tweeting, refreshing, like, every yeah. five seconds. Like, you're like, and then by the time you go down to, you know, uh, correct an error, you miss something else. So it's like, you just, 
Yeah. And so when people are like, how come you and so-and-so had slightly different uh, stats yeah. and practice? Like, do you understand how hard it is to actually <laughs> write everything down? That's why Javon Kinlock, he's like, hey, make sure you got this. Like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly writing in practice. <laughs> so, you know, you know, like uh, Poe needs to play center like tomorrow. They okay. got to find out if he can snap because he's definitely built like one for sure. Okay. Maybe they should, if he's if he's a practice squad project, yeah, teach him. I'll get that Poe chanted started in the stands, man. They're going to skull. I'm going to do it. I'm going to Poe. Poe, where do you get that going? There's a lot of Niner fans out there, by the way. What is the skull thing? What is that? What? What is skull? Skull? Yeah, what is that? I mean, I, what is that? In, in high school, I knew of being like that, you know, SKOL, mid tier tobacco, you know, but like in the school for the Vikings, it was like, right. Yeah, I, it's like, it, I don't know. And they do it though. Like they'll come to these schools and they'll like, they, and they do the, you know, and, I, I've lived here 22 years. I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, I cheer for the Vikings. I'm not playing the Niners. It's like, I, I'm not, I'm around Vikings fans. I've never understood that either, but they like it. They do the horn before the games. They got a great fan base. They really do. They love it. It feels kind of like a college football fan base. <laughs> well, it, they, yeah, it has to be because the Gophers, right, although we just terrible. got a new stadium, we got, you know, PJ Fleckrow on the boat and doesn't recruit. I still can't believe they said no to Trey Lance. Who who is their quarterback that they said no to Trey Lance? That tells you everything. You You're need. Minnesota. It's T- Tanner Morgan, and uh, who, that? Who, oh yeah, a guy that was allegedly supposed to be a day two guy after his freshman year, and then what? Much like Brock Purdy, uh, Tanner Morgan and Brock Purdy, two guys that played four years that regressed throughout their college careers. Good job, and so PJ. yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about PJ Black that you Good had job, three in house and you let him go. That should be the number one thing on his resume. Didn't think Trey Lance was a quarterback. Yeah. Ryan D says, how did the run game do against Minnesota? We, we just talked. It's really hard to judge it. Um, what, we, what I do want to say is Elijah Mitchell's still not practicing. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon. Those two are the ones getting split in reps. And then with Ty Davis Price, for a guy that I think has terrible hands, they like throwing him screen passes. I think he may have a, a role in the offense as like the guy who gets the screens yeah. out of the backfield. We, we've seen guys like, okay, Jonathan Taylor was a guy that allegedly, you know, came in the league that didn't have, um, Steph, I'm getting feedback on yours or not, but um, that didn't come in with pass catching chops. Oh, okay. And and was a guy that like went in and uh, and nobody thought could catch the ball. And now you're seeing that actually actually is not the case. I do think your analysis though on TDP not being the guy right now is, is true, but like I think they just need to keep practicing that because one thing I did notice with him today is that he is a physical dude. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Like there was a play today where you know you don't know if it was going to be a tackle at three, but he he bowls through some guys and like he makes you feel him. And it's like so yeah. and he can he can hit the corner. He has a gear that he's not slow. Yeah. Um and so he's not elusive. But if you get him a little space right. with a screen, he might just go 65 yards. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So yeah. I, a lot of Vikings fans today were asking me, hey, where's Elijah Mitchell? I said, it's oh, a good question. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And sure. and and so. He's always hurt. Yeah. He's always hurt. And the Niners have, Kyle's never had back-to-back rushing leaders ever. So odds are it's going to be someone other than. Oh, yeah. Jordan Mason. I love Jordan Mason so much. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I'm not a big Trey Sermon fan. You said that uh, Ty Davis Price is not afraid of contact. I'm not going to say Trey Sermon's afraid of contact, but he's not the kind of guy where you watch him play and you're like, oh, that guy is just loves contact. Like he's always kind of dancing. And I, I just much prefer Jeff Wilson Jr. Much. I mean, I think they're similar, but give me Jeff Wilson. Brother, I had an argument 
ad nauseum about Jeff Wilson and uh, with some people that I'm not going to mention, but the, the idea that what was this, that they said, I said, you know, for a guy who's your RB4, he's been a steady contributor throughout his entire career. And somebody that box score scouted some carry or whatever else. Back. Exactly. This is a guy who has win called upon, mm-hmm. has actually won. He's actually, how many RB4s in the league? Can say they've won a couple of football games for their team before. He's like, so I, much better. He's definitely an RB two in this league, borderline RB one. Yeah, Here's the thing: everyone loves Elijah Mitchell. He averaged four point seven yards per carry last year on a big workload. That's great. The year before, Jeff Wilson Jr. averaged four point eight and had ten touchdowns. Hell of a player. He just is an upright runner who takes hits, yeah. but also gives them out. And that's why I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I never get too worried about running back. I know it was an issue this year, but I will say this too. Yeah, Debo. Um, no, they're not going to go and say you're going in between the tackles. And I know the incentives in this contract aren't com- like aren't like just you know just crazy. But they're not going to stop this whole idea that oh Debo didn't like his usage as an offensive weapon. I guarantee you that's not the case. And and Debo's going to be getting touches out of the backfield. It's going to mm-hmm. happen. It's not. They're not going to sit there and put him in a glass case and like just say like, you know we don't. Oh no, he's definitely going to get those. And, and if he wants to score touchdowns and make money. He'll play running back. And today he was being he was targeted quite a bit, and yeah. he was for the first time in a while he's got back in there. And it's like I said, once you guys see this, it's going to be really hard. It's going to pick your poison. That's why I don't know um, if it's going to be real easy. I'm not a fantasy nut, but I play. Like it'll be one of those things where I think week to week you're going to see some one one week it's Debo, the other week it's Ayuk. Maybe yeah. Danny gets a couple. Kittle gets fed. It, it's going to be, and that's the way it should be. They're going to have games where they throw 19 times. So, I mean, you might right. you might want to invest more in this run game than pass game. I'm just saying. Yeah. Max says, what's the deal with J.C. Treader? Why hasn't anyone signed him? He's older. He got cut by his previous team. I don't know what his injury history is. He's and he's yeah. president of the uh, Players Association, and he wrote an essay this offseason saying that all players should have fully guaranteed deals. So maybe that's what he's looking for. Um, that, that, yeah, like you said, I mean, he's older and he's been hurt. And he does have some, I think, I don't remember if it was a back or what exactly the issue was, but like there's some chronic, you know, injury potential there. And it couldn't hurt if you're bringing in on, you know, then the, the Niners could afford it. But at this point, you know, August 17th, uh, granted, it's still three plus weeks before the uh, the home opener, but you're going to want to get some reps in. Um, and I'm not saying he can't come in and play. He would fit the scheme. He understands what, you know, but not saying it won't happen, but I don't think it will. LA Faithful says, "Whatever, what the hell ever happened to Alfredo Gutierrez? He's still there. He's he's not technically on the team. He's not even technically on the practice mm-hmm. squad. He doesn't take up an official spot. But they've been developing him for more than a year. Yeah, and he's improved a lot. Like last year, he's big. He's six foot nine. Last year, he couldn't block anyone in anything in one on one at all. I mean, these are NFL pass rushers. Right. Now he he's actually wins a lot of reps in the one on ones. Yeah. So I mean, give him credit. I don't know if he'll ever make the team, but he's definitely improving." No, and, and I that's that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, it, I I think I think uh, you know I might have didn't know I had the same question. I hadn't thought about Al Gutierrez there for a little bit. So um, yeah, he's not like a waste of their time. Clearly, he they feel like he um, has a little potential, and I'm sure they have nothing but time. <laughs> they got years they yeah. can take to develop him. So we'll see what happens. I like watching him do his thing. Dark horse to make the 53. You you go first. I think I got a couple. Yeah. Our course to make the 53. I guess who, uh, that sixth wide receiver is going to be a dark horse, whoever that is. Could yeah. Be uh, Sneed, could and, be Kishon Jackson. 
Will yeah. they will they take six? I don't know. I don't why do you need six if you're gonna run the ball 45 times a game? And my thing is I don't think you need a roster of six who's gonna be inactive when they could find right. they you can get a veteran to come. I just yeah, you I don't think develop a guy every week from the practice squad to be right. your sixth wide receiver who's inactive. Yeah. One guy that I don't think – it's a dark horse question for a reason, so that means I'm not really banking on this, but Curtis Robinson, hmm. um, I, I, I I don't think it will happen. If somebody goes down and gets special teams utility, I feel like he's fairly athletic, the young guy. Um, I'm, I'm wondering – yeah, I, I still feel like there's potential for the Niners to make interesting moves. You know, they're one of those teams – I don't think they feel like they're that far away. I don't I, – I feel from what I've been told, like they're a team that feels that – they don't have that many holes now. Offensive line clearly like they have some clear holes, but they don't yes. have they don't have that many. Right, but that I mean, that's not the offensive line isn't when easily re- remedied by like oh we're just going to sign a right tackle and you know that just doesn't happen in free agency no. unless it's like and, and you're going to be throwing the the farm at them. So it's like I it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So maybe I don't think Robinson makes it. I don't think there's going to be the, here's my safe response. I don't think there's going to be big surprises. I, I think that it's going to, other than like Grant, what you said about the sixth receiver, I think things are going to go pretty chalk. I would agree. Um, okay. Danny Gray uh, has been improving in camp. He doesn't dominate practices with five or six catches, but every other day he'll catch a touchdown, a really long one. And that's why they brought him in. It's funny. They don't even like, it's not like he's not getting open or it just, they just call deep shots for him. He just, he's not getting the ball, but you realize Kyle's going to call this at some point today. That's his job. And today he caught it seven on seven. Um, really nice. And when he wins, he wins by a lot. I mean, he plays hella fast. And again, I, I don't know if he's going to be a starter like Emmanuel Sanders or like a, a complete receiver, but taking a guy that late in the draft, if he can do this, it could be a successful pick. What do you see from Danny Gray? I love it. And, and I, when I went, you know, Jesse and I, I know Marco Martinez, we did a live show on um, the draft when it happened. He was my, that was my pick uh, at that last pick of the third round. We, and uh, uh, I wasn't, I, I wasn't picking TDP before that, but the, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think for what he does, he was my 10th rated receiver in a good receiver class in this draft. And to get him at in a in a stacked receiver class at that point to have him come in what what I wrote about earlier this week is what he he's again another confident guy. You get him in front of a mic, he's not one of those guys. It's like yeah, he has swagger, but it's not like this unfounded kind of machismo that's just like you know I I'm better than anybody. I just feel like what I got to say like he really believed that's how he's and then when he's in games like he's shown already in practices and in games in the big moment. He's making those big plays, and he and, and he's getting open. I felt like in the game he only you know only had two catches, but like ninety nine yards. Right? There are other situations where you know that one outplay to, um, it just the timing was a little bit off. People are arguing about whether it was a little bit late. I know. Or a little bit like wide. Yeah. Let it go. I know. It I know. Matter. Yeah. I know. It doesn't. So yeah. it's like those little things. Like Danny Gray is getting open. Like, and that's what's really cool is to see. It's like he's not just going to be a vertical threat. Like he is going to be a guy. Yeah. that can be at other levels of the field, and he's not going to be expected to. Now, talking to some other people I trust, I still feel, despite, like, I really have big hopes for Danny Gray. I don't know if you are banking on him being, like, this bona fide wide receiver three, like a two a two B kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, like and so so if IU goes down, if Debo goes down, do the Niners 
really have like an if one of those guys not everybody and people will say well that's no. every team well that's no. true but we're we're nitpicking okay? Ray Ray's not a starter Jawan's no. not a starter Danny's Juwan not, a starter. not a starter they're all great like the no. number three receivers who can play in specific yeah. situations but not all not every snap no, and because I, I look at a guy like Juwan Jennings, who got a lot of run last year from fans, and I think he's a really tough guy, a, a fun guy to cheer for, but he's not – he doesn't have the game-breaking speed. People talk about, like, oh, he's a big slot, like an Anquan Bolden. He's been having trouble catching the ball. And he's going to lose snaps to Ray Ray because Ray Ray is a big part of this offense. Yeah, and everybody knows that Ray Ray has fumbled in the past, but again, I'll tell you this. <laughs> you can't have that, but I'd rather have a guy that has the ability – to be a playmaker consistently. And, and then if some of those run things game. happen, you can go in Kyle's doghouse because you know Kyle's not immune to yeah. putting somebody there. But yeah, I, I know Danny Gray, I really love him. I think it's he's exceeded expectations for a third round compensatory pick. And I don't think it's fair to say he's going to be a, a game breaker like every Sunday. But let me say what I like about Danny Gray um, whether or not he's a starter. He's the first Niners wide receiver I can remember that legitimately is a burner. Like oh. growing up as a fan when I was a kid, uh, I mean, I've followed these guys, these, this team's drafts every year since I was a kid. And every time they draft a wide receiver, it's like, well, he runs a four five, but he, he yeah. you know, it's like, but Jerry Rice ran a four six. It's like, oh, yeah. no, no, you need, and it's like, oh, this guy's really fast. He runs a four four eight. Like, no, the fastest guy they ever got was like AJ Jenkins. And that's none of that speed ever translated. So to no. actually see the Niners draft a guy who wins a 4-3-3 and it shows, I'm like, damn, like what have they been doing the last 25 years? Wow. Yeah. And, anyway. and I think that's what I was I want to make very clear. I was not ragging on Danny Gray. Like I absolutely love Danny Gray. I really do. I've I've wrote about it. I've Ooh. talked, I've tweeted a lot about it. What I'm saying is what I didn't think was fair is that I, I don't think it's I mean, if he wants, if he wants that pressure, awesome. I just don't think that he needs to be looked at as a guy that has to go carry the team on his back as, as that top end receiver. The, the team isn't expecting him to. So what I'm saying, like, I don't, I'd be nice to, yeah. Where he factors in on regular, like how many snaps do you think Danny Gray is going to get grant uh, early on? Not a lot, but I think here's the thing. What he showed in this game uh, Friday is that he can get open. He's not just like a run by you guy. He, he won on dig. He won on the out route. He actually seems like a good route runner. I don't know if he can beat press coverage, Maybe, maybe, maybe not yet. I mean, I've seen him get locked up a little bit by Jimmy Ward in camp. But if you put him in the slot, if you give him a free release, yep. he's tough. And yeah. uh, if he can just catch the ball consistently, because he does kind of try to catch the ball with his chest a lot of the time. So did Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I've seen him clank some balls off his chest, but I've also mm-hmm. seen him make really difficult catches with his hands. So he has potential. Yep. I like him. Better, and, more than I thought I would. And you can't coach confidence. That's the thing. Yep. I've always told people, like, I mean, I'm not a football coach, but I, I've – you know, one thing I've always said about players or athletes that I've really leaned on is that their confidence that you you can nurture it, but you can't really coach like th- that ability to believe in yourself when other people aren't. And I think yeah. that's a guy that I think it's really cool to see from him. And I think it's a refrain for, for the, this whole class. Like I was really impressed from Friday night. And, and, and that's one thing I have to commend, you know, uh, the 49ers, Adam Peters and their scouting department is that it, Knock on wood, it's early, but I feel like they've they're, they're help, they help themselves out because the last two drafts they've drafted a lot of guys on a team that allegedly didn't have many holes. They they kind of 
filled the cabinet and they, these guys are going to maybe I'll make the team outside of a couple of them. When you talk about confident guys, it's interesting. Trey Lance, um, Javon Kinlaw, uh, Danny Gray, Brandon Ayuk. Three of those guys were junior college guys. Mm-hmm. And then Trey Lance got shut out. Yeah. Uh, they said he couldn't be a quarterback. So these are guys who had to be, bet on themselves at a young age right. before they had any money. Yep. So Thomas says, any free agents you think that could possibly fix the O-line issues? That's the problem. It's hard finding street free agents who are good at this point because they're street free agents for a reason. They already got – they already brought in the best right tackle street free agent, Jordan Mills. Yeah. They already I, did that. And I just don't think – I mean, I have to rack my brain. It's a good question. Uh, I don't know Trent. who's available. If, if you've got an, if you've got an offensive yes. line – Yeah. If you said there's somebody available at this point on the O-line, typically that's not an upgrade. Notice the SF Niners started copying your videos. Is that true? That's too bad. He shouldn't do that. He doesn't have my permission to do that. Don't do that. Stop. Season says. Okay. The defensive line. You saw it in person. Up close. What was your impression? Defensive lineman? Yeah. Uh, name that keeps, obviously, nobody even needs to really talk about. Nick Bosa is, uh, it looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be a problem. Anybody that's anybody, you get him in front of a microphone, it seems like all they want to talk about is just like, right. I don't want to block this guy. So we all know right. that. Kamoko Ture is a name that came up on Friday. Didn't get him in my winners on Friday. I wanted to. Um, granted, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's against sometimes twos, threes, and fours, right? But, but here's a guy who has a been a situational pass rusher. Came out of Rutgers as a incredible athlete, still an incredible athlete, and he's showing power. He's showing technique. He is consistently getting the quarterback. He would have had at least two sacks today. Um, and well, I want to just think about Kamoko real quick because I've been, been tough on him. He struggles in the one-on-ones because he doesn't bend very well. But what we saw in the reg- in the preseason game is he's a really good run defender. He's a lot like um, yes. Ebukam. He's yes. really strong for a guy who's 255. He will run. He will make plays from the backside running all the way across the field. So he can make the team just based on run defense. But um, he's also very powerful for, for a guy who doesn't – I mean, Ebukam doesn't bend either, but he's – He's got second effort. He's strong. He's relentless. Kamoko's a good player. No, and I remember that play against the Packers where he shot inside and basically on his back, you know, shouldered two offensive linemen pushing them back and like and didn't end up getting the tackle itself, but made allowed other guys to do it. And and that's the kind of thing that's impressive. If you've got a guy that's a bit that is maybe you know get build his paychecks on being a pass rusher that's able to do that. Kyle likes that. Kyle wants that. other guys along the line. I thought Drake Jackson got in there a couple times. There, there's been a little bit of a ding on him for like how he's been doing a run on camp. I haven't been there at camp to see that. I thought he, when he was, before he had that shoulder, that's another thing. I t- totally forgot about it. He had that shoulder stinger, or I think it was not even quite that bad. Uh, so to have him out in full pads going today, rotating in with the ones, that's encouraging, by the way. So um, that, I think defensive line, and then it's just some waves. Oh, many who, um, uh, didn't I wasn't watching Hyder as much today. I'm gonna look a little bit about that tomorrow. Um, but Hyder's the one on one god, he's and, so good at that. That's yeah, how he keeps himself employed, just watch him in the one on one drills. And that's he's great. And I know Hyder yeah. had a lot of cleanup sacks that year before yeah. he went to Seattle. And he's crafty, yeah. Crafty. So, yeah, defensive line is great. I thought the linebacking core in, in drills and coverage that's one thing where I think a lot of people are saying it's the consensus that you know, uh, Aziz and Fred and Andre Greenlaw make up. You know, comprise one of, if not the best linebacking core in the NFL, and in coverage, uh, closing, you know, closing ground. I thought actually, you know, 
I thought Drake Greenlaw did a, a good job today in that regard. I thought in drills, Aziz made some good PBUs. So if Jimmy Ward is out, um, you know, it's going to be paramount to have those linebackers being reliable in coverage. And then also it was hard to see with Charverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley not playing today and Jimmy Ward out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's hard to evaluate your secondary when, when, when that, when you're doing that. Hard to impossible. California bear says Jimmy is garbage. He benefited from a good team. He never took accountability for being garbage. All he did was smile and say, we have to do better. Well, That's true. He never went in front of the camera and was like, I'm garbage. Let he should Let me tell you a quick story, California Bear. I'm walking out of training camp today, and there were some guys, some fans in Niners gear, and they were, it was like this elementary school teacher, like explaining to Vikings fans about who Jimmy Garoppolo was for the first time. And she was like, well, we don't really like him, but he's hot. And so, and I was, and I was just like, and, and, and I just, I, 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 I have a tendency sometimes to be blunt and I just walked away. So, (laughs) but it's so true. Matt H says, is Jason Poe better than banks? Well, I'm curious in, in the one-on-one drills he is, but that's not real football. So let's give banks a chance. I'm not writing off banks yet. Banks is like two. He's like two Jason Poe's. So yeah. And the drills, like you said, man, it's like going to the senior bowl and everybody's drills and people think like, Oh, football is not right. I mean, there are one-on-one situations. I mean, I, I think like you're on the edge. That's a little bit different. Like inside, yeah, it's you're playing as a unit. You're doing. You get at different levels. It's not always that. Now you can't lose. You know. So that being said, though, if Aaron Banks can't anchor, uh, and he's going up against you know Aaron Donald or whomever, it's gonna show. So, um, Banks, we'll see. We'll find yeah. out. I got a bonus topic for you. I didn't run this one by you, yeah, but this yeah. is something I've been thinking about. The injuries. This happens every year. The the training camp injuries. Like, what is the deal with this? Because, I, I mean, maybe I just it's this nostalgia, but I don't remember these when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, it was as many. When I was yeah. a kid, it was two a days. I mean, a lot more work. So, what is the deal? And I think what people don't realize or remember is back in the day, there were more players in camp. Now it's ninety. Yep. But if someone's hurt, it goes down to eighty. I mean, I mean, it dwindles. And back in the day, it was like 100 to 125. And that just has, I mean, it would prevent players from having to do too many reps back to back. And so why'd they get away from that? Because it's in their interest, right? Well, um, the coaches would like it, but the owners don't want to pay for it. And then the vets just look at that as extra competition. Everything the vets have pushed for in the CBAs have been uh, uh, fewer players on teams, fewer practices, fewer time at task, and a rookie wage scale. Everything benefits them. But they're the ones who, frankly, get hurt in training camp. So I think it's hurt the product, and I think a lot of it is the players' fault. But it's also the owners, too. They actually both want it this way, and I think it has a a bad after effect. effect. The the positive side, if I was even going to – I'm not even – this isn't even qualified as devil's advocate. But I will say this. The injuries sustained thus far – at least have yeah, not yeah. been of the severe variety. I don't, we haven't had now. I shouldn't No Achilles, no ACL, right. right. Because right. those happen. Those do and, happen. And, yeah. and probably something will, because yeah. I said, but not, but things happen. And again, yeah. 31 other teams, they get guys are going through the grind too. And right. guys are bigger, faster, stronger. They do take care of their bodies, but I think no, that's, that's also, also another thing too, is like compared to 30 years ago, these players do so much more independent yeah. stuff that actually like 
they may be overtraining a lot of the time. Yes. You know what I mean? That's what I was getting at. And so like, as a coach who was like an endurance coach, we talked about periodization of – you were a runner, you know, like track runner. I was a track and cross-country coach. And those are the things like most of the guys I remember at a high school, younger level, these guys are doing too much. And, and everybody always thinks that an athlete always thinks like more is better uh, and it's not and rest mm-hmm. matters. And I think the the science of rest and sleep and, 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 and periodizing to the point where you're refreshed. Uh, I'm not saying I, I should, I'm not gonna make any hot take about why or why not, but I do think that uh, as you said though, Grant, especially as you get older and yeah. now, granted, these guys aren't 40 years old like me, like, but like they're sitting here, like they're, it's harder to, your body recovers slower. And so it, but the same thing, if there's 125 players in camp, you get yeah. players get more rest. And yes. so why don't they want that? Well, it's more competition. It's more jobs. And, and these vets, like, they want a couple more years. Put yourself in the mind of a 32-year-old vet. I want two more years. No, and so I completely agree. If there's, if there's fewer practice hours, it's harder to develop my replacement. I know the system. He doesn't. How are you going to go with him <laughs> when, no, you, when it, you can't even practice? I mean, I'm a labor guy. I'm a union negotiator for right. my teachers. Like, I, right. I hear you, man. Like, and yeah. I, I think that's like the difference between being a teacher and a professional athlete is like yeah. playing the game and, and negotiating a CBA is about looking after the veterans right. and no, looking because after because they're the ones that negotiate the deal. They're Absolutely. the ones that are in power in, in the CBA. So, yeah, it's, I hadn't thought about that. I think it's a good point. But I, I want to be clear. I'm not making an excuse for Kyle. It sounds like I am, like it's out of his control. This is the way it is for every coach and every team. The Niners got to not be the team that has that's mostly that's more affected by this than everyone else because it right. feels like they are. I, I don't have the numbers, but I think the numbers bear it out that they're usually at the top of the league in these. In, not they have been, they have been the least series in general. They have been at least the last two to three seasons, and I think that. Again, what is, again, knock on wood encouraging is that nothing seems like we've had anything. Well, aside from Jimmy Ward's hamstring injury, which I know we didn't get to talk about, but that is my biggest concern. Today, I I always do the good and the not so good. I I kind of felt like doing the entire report just being like the good. One, no one got hurt. End of report. (laughs) That's that's it. No one got hurt. I like it. Successful day. Because really, that's that's really what you want to get accomplished in these things is don't get hurt. Well, and I think that's where Kyle has always said practice reps are more important than preseason. Right. No starters are going on Saturday. I honestly, I hope. I'm of the maybe you disagree. I don't need to see Trey Lance against Houston in the preseason. I really, I, I just feel like you've gotten the game against the Packers. You're doing these joint practices against the Vikings. Is it really that essential? Is that really gonna? Is that really gonna push you over the top for the rest of the season? Um, and I, and again, I'm I'm just throwing that out there. All I know is he better not play in this game on Saturday because I'm not going. I'm flying back Friday. Kyle yeah, said that the starters weren't weren't going to play, so I booked my trip to come home. I don't want to be away for five nights. I'm like, this is enough. So he could be. He's going to change his mind on me. I'm gonna feel, whatever. Whatever. How long will Mitchell be out? They were saying he might come back this week, but it doesn't look like he will. It looks like the two guys who are the closest coming back are Armstead and Mosley. They were in uniform today warming up. I think Mitchell showed enough early in camp from what I was told you could disagree. No, he's I good. That, I think the Niners have shown also that they are uh, once these d- things do happen, especially with their soft tissue. I think, I think Mitchell's is also hamstring related. Yeah. And I know people don't like to hear about it, but like fans that hear these hamstrings and they think like, Oh, come on, suck it up. Like, dude, you, no, you can't suck it no. up. And you've been a runner. I've been, I've had a hamstring tear during a big race. Like it's not fun. And so yeah. like these guys, 
it sounds like his is just a very minor strain, not even a not even a tear. So same Jimmy Ward though, when they said pretty bad, that, that makes me like think that there's slight, at least a small tear. You know, maybe tear, it's an yeah. you know even if it's an inch, like that's it's bleeding. You know what that sounds like being 31 years old, Jimmy. Yeah, I love you, man. But dude, it, it doesn't it suck? It, it sucks. Does. You it, just and, wake up and things hurt. And that's where I'm not. If he's got a tear now, I I'm not making any crystal ball predictions, but I think this is going to be a year where he's in and out of the lineup. That's just what happens to football players, in my opinion. Like they have this great career, and then all of a sudden that first injury happens, and it's just. And I'm always well, skeptical, like with the 28, 29 year olds. You know, like what what is what is in, what's your future? What's so going to keep happening? Well, let me can I if I piggyback on that real quick? Sure. Jimmy Ward is a guy the Niners love. He's a lifetime Niner. Yeah. Um, he's 31 years old. Yeah. He's hurt again. Yeah. And uh, Jaquaski Tart, a guy they could have afforded to keep. Right. 800K. Running the three, running with the threes in Philly right now. Philly. Wow. Now, so that is a position that they feel is a, they will need to be addressed. Now, I, I feel that going forward, that's like they got Trevarius Ward. Whatever they do with Emmanuel Mosley's position, if they feel like he's really balling out and get him long term, their linebacking core, their defensive line, those safety positions are something that I think the Niners are going to be. They know they didn't address in the draft. Everybody thought they would. I'm just saying, like, don't be surprised to see movement there earlier than people might think. Um, and this might be, and I'm not, I'm not speaking like Jimmy. Don't come after me for this, because like, I, I'm honestly probably the biggest Jimmy Ward stand. Um, but I just feel like it's age conflated with injury contract. I, this might be his last year. It's a cold business, man. I mean, yeah. he's a 31 year old DB who's hurt and a free agent next year. I mean, you don't have to be a freaking football expert no. to figure out what's probably. No, that's not score. slander either. That's just nah, like, he knows that. Yeah. He knows that. But I get to right. talk about, you can't fake confidence. He is the most confident person. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, so I don't think he's tripping on it. He knows that's why. Yeah, but Grant, that's also why I said you have Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. I think that Jimmy Ward's absence, uh, outside of Nick Bosa, I feel like Jimmy Ward is the most important part of that defense. And to have him out for any, uh, and I'm glad Traverius Ward is there, but having Jimmy Ward out is a big deal. It is. Cameron Childress. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. Cameron Childress says, "Did Samuel Wilmot get reps with the?" The ones today? I think that's what you might have wanted to say. Oh, yeah, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, in this, I, I didn't see a matchup with he, Justin. He was in and out making plays. He had another PBU today. I think I tweeted that out today. It's like a big surprise. Talk about another confident dude. Um, he he's looked lights out on Friday, but no, like he was. I'd have to go back and look at the drills. It's hard to kind of always get done, but he he did have a PBU today. Daniel Kelly is actually Jimmy G behind the screen. I think Jimmy G has more of a life than Dan. Yeah, I think we. I think as much as that, we need to give Jimmy G more credit than that. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. All right, that's the show. Uh, I gotta. I gotta finish up my work out here and then go experience some uh, <laughs> some downtown Minneapolis. Minnesota. Everyone says you gotta get a juicy Lucy burger. So I'm gonna. I'm see if I can. If you don't really. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Practice tomorrow. See you guys in. Be there.